Episode 44, Being a Father and a Principal, 1980s and 90s. After working with teenagers for over 30 years, I came to believe that being the son or daughter of a minister was one of the toughest things a young person could go through. But if you ask either of my two daughters, they might point out that their lives weren't always easy either. The first thing Stacy and Allie would likely offer as evidence would be this. They never attended a high school dance at which I was not the supervisor. That meant no PDAs, no improper dance moves, no fights with boyfriends, and they had to endure the mortification when their father made the DJ stop playing Money Money, which, by the way, happened more than once. Having a parent who worked at the school sometimes did provide a few advantages to the girls. If they forgot their lunch, or if they failed to pack their track uniform, Dad could always run home and get it for them. They didn't have to walk to school when it was raining or snowing. If they forgot a school book they needed, Dad had a key to the building. And... They were always among the first kids to know when school was called off. But the girls would likely counter that the advantages were often offset by the increased expectations for their behavior and by additional opportunities for embarrassment. I'm sure that Stacy would refer to her experience working for the school during the summer break. The school sometimes hired students to help the custodial and maintenance staffs. When she was selected for one of these positions, I cautioned her that I did not want to be accused of favoritism and that she had better be a good worker. I'm not sure she would have applied for the job if she had known that one of her main tasks would be scraping gum off the bottom of desks. Stacy worked with custodians Donald Boone and Roy Sturgis during the summer. They had had experience with other student workers, and I think they thought that she would act like a privileged slacker. If they did, she proved them wrong. I know that because they both came to me at the end of the summer to tell me what a good worker she had been. Allie wasn't immune to the consequences of being the principal's daughter. She provided an example of how it can make you a target for teasing. 
Neither Stacy nor Allie ever got into much trouble at school. However, Allie did get a discipline referral one time. But it was a carefully orchestrated prank on the part of two teachers. Allie's band teacher, Todd Park, conspired with Pat Brackey to play a trick on her. They picked a day when I was out of the office because Mr. Brackey handled discipline cases when I was gone. After joking around with Allie, Mr. Park wrote out a referral for disrespect to a teacher and sent her to the office to see Mr. Brackey. For a very smart girl, Allie failed to pick up on the fact that it was April Fool's Day. By the time she got to the office, she was crying. Mr. Brackey gave her a stern lecture on how she should show respect for her teachers while she protested tearfully. I wasn't a witness, so I don't know how long the two staff members kept up the act, but I think they both felt bad later. I think that both girls would likely cite the Christmas shirt as the most embarrassing aspect of going through school when your father is the principal. If you were a student or a faculty member during the 1980s or 90s, no further explanation of the Christmas shirt will be necessary. But if you were not, here is a brief introduction. My aunt gave me the Christmas shirt when I was in my 20s. I actually had two of them because she gave one just like it to my cousin. He refused to wear the shirt and gave his to me. It's difficult to describe the Christmas shirt. It was mostly bright red with vertical stripes that were white, black, and gold. If you saw it, you'd understand why my cousin refused to wear it. But at some point in the 1980s, I decided to wear the shirt to school on the last day before Christmas vacation. And just like that, a tradition was born. I wore the shirt every year. Very quickly, I learned how much fun it was to visit my daughter's classrooms while wearing the shirt. I even visited the elementary school while wearing the shirt, so the tradition lasted a number of years. Once, Stacy hid the shirt from me as Christmas neared. She held firm to her refusal to return it until I hid her hairspray. Remember, this was the 80s. Big hair was an essential for teenagers. Anyway, 
A prisoner exchange was arranged and the tradition lived on. I still have the shirt. I'm just waiting for the right occasion to bring it back out. Although the girls may have suffered somewhat from being a principal's daughter, from my perspective, it was a great experience. How many fathers get to see their children every day, both at home and at school? I have some wonderful memories of the girls' school days. Here are a couple. While my two daughters were far apart enough in age that they didn't share many real-time experiences in school with each other, there was one thing they had in common. They both worked as office assistants in the office. Judy Toops and I usually picked out two or three students to help in the office each class period and Judy always made sure that the children of staff members were well represented. This led to a wonderful experience for me. It was customary back then for one of the student's assistants to answer the phone in the office. This was before threats of violence became so prevalent that we had to stop the practice. It happened that elementary principal Richard Skinner and I were attending a conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Every day, we called our offices to see how things were going. The first time I called, I was surprised when Stacy answered the phone. I didn't pick the time on purpose, so it could have been any one of seven or eight office workers, but it was my daughter. A few years later, I was supervising a band trip in Orlando, Florida. When I called the office to check in, yes, Allie answered the phone. Serendipity because, again, I hadn't intentionally chosen the time of day. While I regularly called my family in the evenings during such trips, there was something special about hearing the girls answer the phone at my workplace when I was hundreds of miles away. Another occurrence that both girls shared at different times was receiving their high school diplomas from me. This opportunity was only available to administrators and school board members, and I was happy to take it. The memory of the hug that I got from each of them is something that will always be special for me. I feel very fortunate to have shared in my daughter's school experiences. They never caused me any embarrassment and gave me countless reasons to be proud. 
I hope they enjoyed having their father as their principal as much as I did. But I doubt it.